Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Remarkably Us, the podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Roan, sober gal living in Southern California, navigating the ins and outs of life. After what we'll call the great breakdown of 2019, I've been journeying through self-discovery, sobriety, trauma, divorce, relationships, all of the above. In this podcast, I'll have solo episodes where I talk about my life, the things that I am dealing with, have dealt with, and all the tools I've collected in maintaining a consistent environment for self-growth, love, and discovery. We'll also hear from others who are breaking barriers and climbing incredibly tough mountains. Get ready to get inspired and motivated to laugh and to cry, but most importantly, to love a little. Let's jump right into it. First things first, I went for a run today. I know, this morning, on the treadmill, in the gym, and it felt so good. My ankle was definitely hurting the first mile or so. If you didn't listen to the last episode, I hurt my ankle. It was very traumatic. (laughs) I did about four miles this morning, which for me is about half of what I normally do. Usually my runs have been sitting at like seven, eight miles, and I'm comfortable with that distance. So I think it'll be a little while before I'm back to speed, but it's just, it's amazing how happy I am today after just simply going for a run. So Anyways, I'm feeling good. I just wrapped up work and I just cracked open a non-alcoholic hazy IPA and I'm sitting down to record a surprise episode. I know that I normally don't post episodes in the middle of the week, but surprise, I'm adding an episode this week because it's extra special. We're talking about my dating life and all the things I've been tackling trying to date while sober. We're talking about sober sex, sneaky links, older men, younger men, women, boundaries, date ideas, all of that. So as everyone or most of you know, I'm divorced. I met my ex-husband when I was 23. We got married when I was 25 and separated at 26. Um, (laughs) So it just really tried to just knock it out of the park with that one. (laughs) I've officially been split from my ex for almost two years. It'll be two years in October. Our divorce has been finalized for a while and we definitely don't speak at all. We've never had any children together, never bought anything major together, didn't share, you know, any finances or anything like that. So it was a pretty clean, uh, split. Not that there's any bad blood, but it was just me leaving was a shock for a lot of people, especially him. It was very sudden. I mean, we had been having issues. We never really got along that great. We did in the beginning when I was still really heavily drinking, it was just a huge party all the time. I mean, I got, I got along really well with a lot of really not so amazing men when I was really heavily drinking. 
you know, everything's just a party all the time. You can get along with just about anybody. Why do you think you make strange, you know, are friends with a random stranger at a bar when you're drunk? So when I stopped drinking, that relationship didn't really have a lot to stand on. We are, are just such, so different, fundamentally just two different of people. And he deserves to find someone that loves him for him and me the same. What has come out of me being sober and dating is not that I'm doing it a lot, not that I'm doing it a lot better. Uh, it's more so that I'm way, way more in tune with what I deserve, what I will stand for, what I won't stand for, what I want, which varies from person to person. That all happens really quickly now or much more quicker than it used to. I no longer have the haze of substances to put a glittery veil on an idiot. So when I'm done, I'm done. (laughs) For example, I had a lot of anxiety about leaving my ex. The timeline of me leaving him just kind of got shorter and shorter and shorter the more I started talking about it. But you know, I was sober. So I was feeling all of that. I no longer had, you know, kind of just this thing to to exactly the substances to put a glittery veil over what was a broken relationship. So I ended up leaving him three hours before our flight to go to Spain for what was supposed to be our honeymoon. (laughs) I just couldn't muster the strength to go through it. I did a half day at work and I, I know I said goodbye to all my coworkers. They said, you've been having an amazing time in Spain. And the whole time I'm shaking with anxiety because I'm like, how am I supposed to go to Spain? One of the most romantic countries (laughs) with this man that I don't even really like that much. (laughs) I went and got a quick facial before I was going to go. And I walked in, I looked my esthetician in the face. I'm like, I can't, I can't go to Spain. She says, all right, come back, like sit down. Let's talk about this. So I'm laying down, right. She's, you know, taking my makeup off and starts, you know, giving me my little refresher facial. And, you know, I just said, I can't fake it. I no longer I just, I can't fake it anymore, you know, and it's not fair to him, to either of us to spend two weeks in Spain when inevitably I know in my heart that I'm going to end up leaving. So I left, I got home. Some of my bags were packed, which ended up working out, you know, for me, I didn't have that much stuff to pack after that. I left. And that mindset has carried on into now that if it ain't working, get out. So I came out of that marriage and realized I hadn't been single since I was freshly, freshly 23 years old. And I was also the party girl at 23. So dating for me back then 
23, 22, 21. It was nothing serious. I was just so wrapped up in the party that the people that I picked were often people that also partied. They were athletes. They were, you know, all pretty much anything with a dash or a bucket of toxic. And I thrived off of that. The thrills, the ups and downs, it's intoxicating. I used to have absolutely no boundaries and my self-worth was so, so low. So when I stopped drinking and left my ex and started dating again, I hadn't yet really processed a lot and I hadn't begun to put in a ton of the self-worth work that I have, you know, that I really have started to do. So the people that I kind of initially started to gravitate to were either people from my past. So, right. People from this party era of shell or new people, but similar, right. Well, I've learned a few things. We call that, ladies and gentlemen, trial, trial, trial and error. For the first little bit, I was so embarrassed to tell these partners that I was separated and sober and kind of a mess still. I had no idea how to even open up this conversation because I had so much shame and embarrassment around this idea of being divorced and getting sober. I still thought when I, when I thought the word or said the word sober, I figured people would immediately think of like a scene from a movie or a show where you have this like dark high school gymnasium and like a group of people sitting around in a circle and folding chairs and and they're just being like really like gloom about it such a negative connotation around it and part of my fear there was because that was also how I felt about my sobriety in the beginning I was so embarrassed that I had this I'm air quoting problem that I couldn't go have drinks anymore and then pile on the shame of divorce on top of that and then attempt to say it to a potential romantic partner in a good way. It didn't work. In the beginning, I tried a, <laughs> I tried a few different methods, some being super dramatic, like, hey, I have to tell you something. So call me. And then I would like pace around my apartment. And when they would like call me, I would say really fast, I'm divorced and so dramatic. And I'm also sober, but like, I can be around alcohol. It's fine. What the fuck? So obviously some people were like, all right, that's cool. And others, most were, were more on the, um, I think I'm good. So I was dealing with all of this and then some rejection from people that just didn't want to deal with all that I came with. And that's fine. I've learned and am learning how to look at these parts of me as just that, parts of who I am. They are really big factors into who I am now and what's brought me here. So now I address these right off the bat, at least after a few times of seeing the person. And I say it just, I don't drink. I used to, and now I'm happier without it. That conversation can grow in the future or right then and there, you know, depending on, 
but that's my go-to now. I, I don't drink. I used to, I don't anymore. I'm happier without it. It's simple. Keeps it to the point. I also say really early on that I'm divorced. I got married young. We weren't good for each other and it didn't work out. Those are so much easier for me to say now because it's just who I am and big parts of who I am. So it's important that people know. Now, I have usually gone for older men. I like a little salt and pepper, you know, the gray wisps on the side. Oof, I don't know why. No one, no one say daddy issues, okay? Wrong episode. (laughs) But I found that older men and women are much more understanding of me being divorced and sober. It's just like, oh, okay, sure. Most of them are divorced as well and past their party years. What I have noticed is that, well, for some reason, I've been dipping into the younger pool lately. I don't know why, but I've got a few of these 24, 25-year-olds that I've spent time with in the last year or so. Maybe I'm jaded by my exes that were mainly 15 plus years older than me. (laughs) But there is a dramatic difference there when I tell them the same thing. Obviously, maturity and growth and life experiences, that all comes into play. But while it can be tough still, especially with these young ones to kind of wrap their head around the idea of someone not drinking or being young and divorced, it's still important for me. I've learned to be open and honest, even if these people aren't necessarily someone that I see a future with, or, you know, that I really think anything necessarily really deep is going to come out of it. It's still important for me just to feel like I am not hiding anything. And it's almost, um, practice for me to say it out loud. And the more I say it and the more I'm open with saying it, the more comfortable I am with myself in that role, right. Of being sober and being divorced. So the, the, you know, the more that I just say it to pretty much every single person that comes into my life, the more comfortable that I am with really feeling okay with it. I also did not realize in, in the realm of, of being comfortable. I also did not realize that sober sex was something that, um, I don't know. I never did ever like ever. I mean, I started drinking at a really young age. I think I started drinking at 14 and lost my virginity shortly after that. And that started this, like, kind of this intertwined relationship between sex and alcohol, right? Um, the normalcy of, oh, you know, a one night stand hooking up with a stranger at a bar because I was, you know, you were drunk. It began this weird relationship between the two for me of drinking and sex. 
So sober sex, (laughs) this can be hit or miss, very hit or miss. And you know, what's funny is the longer that I'm sober, the sexier I feel. I still have my insecurities. Yes. But I just feel so sexually powerful and very desirable. I have these amazing and crazy and fulfilling sexual experiences all while sober. And it can be so much better. Here's the big thing for me here. I will not sleep with someone that has been drinking a lot. It crosses a boundary for me that I refuse to. I was seeing this guy last summer. He was so fine, but he partied and he would get drunk and want to hook up. But I felt like "Mm, I'm not super comfortable with this. And also we're just not even in the same headspace right now. Like I can smell it on your breath. We were once in process, right? And he stood up to, I don't know, do something and kind of stumbled and ended up knocking my room divider over, which knocked over like a vase of flowers and made this huge mess. And I'm laughing and go to clean it up. But it was literally right then and there that I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) I will never again in my life sleep with a man that has been drinking too much. This is a disaster. So big boundary there. I also dated this guy that was really great. I mean, really, really great. All great in bed, great to look at, had a great personality as well. But I would wake up almost every day and his stories on Instagram are all about him being at a freaking club until 4 a.m. I'm so far into Snoozeville at 4 a.m. that no, 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 no. I'm not saying that he can't live his life like that, but that's not at all how I want to live mine. And so something serious with that person would never work out, especially not if he's out at the club five, six times a week till 4 a.m. So all of these things and looking back at who I used to date and just my interaction with romantic partners now, they all lead to more boundaries and just more things. It's like, I, I just take from each of these encounters, different, you know, just kind of mental notes of, Hmm, don't like that. Or Ooh, that pushes my, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable being around this person when they're doing that, or that tests my sobriety in a way that I'm not willing to, you know, I'm not willing to push or that's a no. So it's a, all of these, it's a learning experience out here. And we are learning, it's learning with Shell. Right now, I'm really just casually seeing a few people. Some are younger, a few older, but I'm single. I'm enjoying myself. I don't necessarily have the desire 
to date anyone at the moment, but when I do and have in the past over the last couple of years, I really like certain things now that I definitely, that I never took into account with any past relationships. For example, different date ideas is really, really important to me now. Taking advantage of being sober. I'm getting really tired of just dinner as a date. I swear the next man that says, let me take you out to dinner. I just say, no, no, be a little bit more, um, uh, not authentic. What's the word I'm looking for? Original, (laughs) be a little more original. So instead of that, I'll suggest meeting at like a new coffee shop that I've been dying to try out. I live in a city. There's a million cute little coffee shops around. Um, I also live in San Diego. So I'll walk down the boardwalk to people watch. I have a list of restaurants that I know and love for their incredible mocktails. So when we do go out for a dinner date, I know what places have a fancy little drink that I'll be able to sip on. Also, if you go to a restaurant that doesn't have a mocktail list, ask the bartender to whip you up a a refreshing mocktail. I have never been met with any pushback. um, And often the bartender is excited to try something other than the usual margarita or a vodka soda. I did go out with this guy to a comedy show and we went to a taco and tequila bar before, um, before the comedy show was downtown. And I told the server to have the bartender make me something spicy and refreshing. And she came back with this delicious, it was a, a jalapeno and cucumber drink. It was amazing. This guy definitely drank on our date, which isn't the issue. I've been out with men and women who have had a couple of drinks, you know, out on our date. That's not a big deal to me. You know, as, as long as you, you know, don't necessarily like we're, it's just me and you, there's no need for you to be drunk right now, you know? But I could tell that he was drinking to make himself more comfortable or ease his nerves. And then (laughs) by the end of the night, like nothing special came of it. I'm like, okay, so you have all this liquid courage. Um, I should feel like I'm talking to more than a brick wall. Like, shouldn't this be loosening you up a little bit? (laughs) This is why. I'm more inclined to suggest an event, which was a little held back during COVID. But if there's a comedy show or a concert or art show, there's so many fun things to get out and do. I also love seeing how a partner acts in public because (laughs) I'm really outing, I'm outing myself. (laughs) Most of my dates these days aren't necessarily public. Um, but when I do actually find interest enough to go outside with one of them, it's important for me to be observant on how they act in general, uh, how they act about me not drinking. Do they need to be, you know, 
Do they need to take a couple of shots at some point to like loosen up? Do they, this guy I dated last year, fall of last year, he would like need to, he would always take like a couple of shots before we went anywhere. And one again, no judge. This is a judgment free zone because you know, your girl's done a lot worse, but I used to do that for sure. When I was drinking before I went to dinner, before I went out, before I went basically anywhere except for work, you know, I would have a couple of drinks, maybe take a shot, maybe do a line. So that wasn't necessarily the judgment, but for me to be going on a date with me, someone who is sober, I don't necessarily appreciate that. Um, you know, I've just wasted a lot of time in the past on relationships that didn't do anything for me or holding out for the guy to change. And now I have so many more boundaries in place that, yeah, if I like you, maybe I'll add you to the roster and you can fill my Sunday slot. But will I date you seriously? If you're taking shots before you leave the house every time, probably not. It would be an absolute waste of my time. And my time is precious. Don't fucking waste it. So let's sum it up, shall we? One, do not diminish or feel shame about your sobriety. If you're divorced or just went through a bad breakup, anything, we, all have shit. We all have stories. This is part of who you are. So tell it. Being open with people makes a uh, makes the connection stronger in friendships and in relationships, even sneaky links. There's something there's something about having a few sneaky links that actually really know you and know your past and all of it it makes the sex a lot better because you can actually really connect with that person and get that level of intimacy. You don't have to date them. Okay. So don't diminish or feel shame about your shit Two, It might be harder to find a young guy to really fully understand your past. In my experience, maybe we can just play with these ones. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, don't try to change someone. If someone can't get it, or if you feel that their drinking or lifestyle is going to ne negatively affect your journey, leave with the guy. Oh, so cute. Who I always see on his Instagram stories that he was out to the club at 4 a.m. There was also a girl that I was talking to for a while. And the same thing, I would wake up to like all these Snapchats you know, from her super drunk at like 3 a.m. And it's not my place to say, you need to quit doing that or I'm not going to date you. It's just, okay, I'm going to put you in a category. It's over here in this one, all right, where like we can hang out, you know, but I probably won't seriously date you because... That's just not the lifestyle that I live anymore. So don't try to change someone. If they, if they get it, that's great. If not, find someone else. There's a billion people in the world. Three, 
sober sex is amazing with all kinds of partners. It's not about male or female or age. It's about connection and confidence. Be confident to be sober and go get your, go get your thing. Four, find fun date ideas. Find different things to do. Find restaurants with amazing mocktail menus that you can recommend for a date. They're out there. For me, this is also important because I want someone that can think outside the box and not just pick me up and take me to like a chain restaurant, right? Think out, can we, can we think out a little outside the box here? Haven't quite found that yet, but you know what? We'll see. I'm still looking. Five, set some boundaries. How do you see your relationship working? Oh my gosh. I talk so much about boundaries because this is something that I have never had in the past. I've never, I've never set any boundaries with anyone. I used to just let people run right over me. And, you know, I would just do anything for some attention. And now my self-worth is so high and I, I just know what I want. And that's really important because it just makes, makes you feel better. And last practice, (laughs) practice makes perfect. I look at dating a lot different now than when I first stopped drinking. It really takes getting comfortable in your own skin and setting these boundaries and knowing what you want. Even if that is to just casually hook up with a few people, or if that's you're looking for a serious relationship or That's that you're looking to expand and grow the relationship that you're in now. Practice, communication, be open about, you know, all of the things that you want and that you don't want. I don't care if they're a partner, a spouse, a sneaky link or a one night stand. Do not ever let someone disrespect you or what you've been through. Practice, but remember, respect is a requirement. I've learned what I want, what I don't want, what my boundaries are, things like that, all from trial and error. Practice makes perfect. So in the meantime, I will sit here with my with my couple little, my little sneaky links and love them. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> and I think that's a wrap. If you have any questions about my dating life, my love life, the mess that I, <laughs> mess that I call it the game of Rones, please let me know. I'll answer any of your questions. Thank you guys so much for listening, everyone. Remember how amazing you are. And remember that you deserve the fucking world. Do not ever let someone come up in your bed at fucking 3 a.m. drunk from a club. I don't care if you drink or not drink. It's disrespectful. (laughs) The end. The end. If you want some additional content or want to reach out, follow me on Instagram at remarkably underscore us. You can also check out my website, remarkablyus.com, for all my blogs, 
information, episode links, all on how to live your most remarkable life possible. New episodes air every Wednesday. Feel free to reach out to me anytime with any questions. If you think this episode would help anyone or give anyone just a little laugh, please share, be kind, and please never forget how wildly capable you are. Till next time. Bye.